You're listening to an XM Productions podcast. Rachel, PG-13. PG-13. PG. Rachel, PG. What? rolling. Oh, okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Moody and D Gone Rogue. I'm your host, Rachel Sanders, and I will let the rest of the table introduce themselves. My name is Christian Majewski, also known as Klaus. My name is Rachel McKelvey, or Prof Mac, and I play Audra. And I'm Reese Amstutz, your humble dungeon master, who unfortunately is not in control of what's happening anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Moody and D, where we um, sit down and ask questions about certain episodes of Moody and D. Um, We have different characters and guests, and we get to break down the theology, strategy, and just thoughts behind each character. So we're going to roll a d20 to see who can go first. Okay. And today we're discussing episodes five. Five through eight. Five and six. Five and six. six. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, roll initiative. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Seven. Nine. Nat 20. Dang it. I rolled a nat 20 earlier. I was wasting all my good rolls. I had like 17s and 18s. Oh, there's a 19. So I I saw a guy today on YouTube try to roll 20 (laughs) nat. um, Sorry. A thousand nat twenties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. one shot questers. Yep, he rolled a thousand nat ones when he was at like eight hundred nat twenties. Oh my! It goodness. was hilarious. Sorry. Go ahead, Reese. Anyway, first question. Um, this one is kind of for both of you. I didn't have like many super deep questions uh, for this episode because mm-hmm. it's just it was a lot of dungeon crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started describing the shadows, there was a point where like. Audra got super freaked out by some magical effect that I suppose I can disclose now. It was a confusion spell. Um, okay. Uh, but Audra got like crazy freaked out by these things. Where did you think I was going with the shadows? Like before you knew that it was a confusion spell, what were you guys thinking I was doing? Because like some of you guys were going ballistic. I mean, I didn't think it was anything more than a confusion spell. Okay. Oh, I thought they were going to attack us, but... <laughs> Which is why I eventually pulled the rapier out. <laughs> I was ready to fight. By the th- by, like the second or third time when she didn't take damage from them, I kind of realized that it was just going to be like a confusion spell. That's also why Klaus kind of just didn't care. Yeah, it was like whatever. <laughs> yeah, you really did. I was really nope. I was like, wow. <laughs> you were like, There's dang, n- hanging me out to dry here. No love lost. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah, that's a, yeah. no. Uh, who rolled next highest? I had um, a nine. I had a seven. Sixteen. Okay. Oh, you oh. had a sixteen? Yep. Shoot. Okay. okay. <laughs> this one's for Audra. Oh, no. <laughs> Your character just seems to be a very mischievous teenager. Well, she kind of admits that. During the episode, did your character find herself trying to overthink her strategy to make up for her age slash maturity with Klaus and Ima? Shoot. Whoa. Um, diving right in. Come I know, right? Great questions. <laughs> that is a good question. Me. I think where Audra was, especially in that episode, she thinks she's got it all together. Because I think we talked about for the temple, she's like one of the smarter ones, and so yeah. this starting in this episode is where she's kind of starting to feel like, oh, maybe I don't know a ton, but she's still kind of holding on to that vibrato. So I think right now it's still. Purely confidence and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like stupidity. Arrogance. Arrogance. There we go. Yeah. 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 So, so far, 
she thinks she's the most mature one of the group. Interesting. Yeah. How does, okay, <laughs> how does she maintain that thought with, like, Ima standing there? Because Ima might not be intellectually mature, but he still has, I mean, you know, it's just interesting. Like, what are you, what was Audra assessing about the other party members that led her to that thought? Uh, I think <clears throat> with her history of with Ima and really all of the lizard folk of being able to kind of manipulate her way into situations or, like, charm her way into like she was there when Ima was created and like she's claimed him as her best friend and so while he may be the protector she still sees herself as like pulling the string like I can yeah. get Ima to do whatever I want him to do so really I'm the most powerful person mm-hmm. <laughs> whether that's true or not yeah. Um, yeah so I think that and then Klaus is still kind of that weird stranger yeah. like she was able to take the rings from him so I think she just thinks like oh i'm super sneaky and super mm-hmm. smart and yeah. haven't been caught yet and so clearly all these people are beneath me mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. not in like a klaus way so but just really like th- these people are all stupid i can get exactly what i want yeah, when yeah. i want yeah so yeah that was kind of driving me to the point what is really the difference between klaus and adra <laughs> at the moment at that i moment, think yeah. she th- thinks there's a lot of difference <clears throat> but yeah. it's I think her arrogance is more internal. Mm-hmm. So because she's most of it is done through manipulation mm-hmm. in like a slick way. Mm-hmm. So she's like, oh, no, I'm a good person. And mm-hmm. I like, of course, I think everyone's equal. But in her mind, she's like, oh, my gosh, all these people are stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so from an external position, um, how does that work for you? Like recognizing that she has like a mini superiority complex. Like, (laughs) (laughs) we talked about this with him last time. (laughs) I, man, that is a great question. I don't know. I think part of it is there's a level of outworking, even of my own. Like, I grew up very much with a superiority complex. Okay. So, there's a level of uh, playing that out. And then I think it's been interesting. How much are we allowed to talk about like future episodes? You can talk about them. This op- this episode is going to come out after every single episode we record this semester is aired. Okay, so. cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so I think part of it is the... Like, as things start getting more and more precarious, and especially as like a level two rogue, she has no powers, no abilities really, other than You can run hiding. really fast. Right, run really fast and hide. <laughs> But it's like if your weapons miss, you're kind of useless. There's no magic. There's no healing hmm. capabilities. And then um, is episode seven where we use the last herb? Mm-hmm. Seven yeah, or eight. So. so then realizing, oh, there's A, no way to get back. And B, no way to heal ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I think kind of the reality of uh, being superior is not going to help anything in this moment. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's been fun to walk with through Audra's character of like once Ima dies and Klaus's whole like you know nothing you haven't explored the world you know nothing how the world works mm-hmm. yeah into like where we go into arc two there's like a lot of Audra kind of questioning her own thoughts of like what she thought about people and yeah so which you know you you get there I grew up as like a pastor's kid and able to like I was pretty smart 
slash manipulative, like, almost caused a church split when I was eight. So What? Like, this is a story for later. Yeah. <laughs> or right now. <laughs> I overheard something and, like, in my overconfidence shared it with the wrong people um. without realizing there was tension. And so uh, there were a lot of hurt feelings, and I had yeah, no I idea. Was, uh, I was eight. But right, like, yeah, you were eight. But I also was like, I know something you don't know. Yeah. I know and something you don't. I know something you will never know. From TikTok, you don't nope, know that sound? No. Nope. <laughs> I haven't been on TikTok this whole semester, Not so a TikTok I'm person. sorry. Sorry, Rage. <laughs> right now i'm sorry (laughs) but anyways all that to say like i think they're to go back this is a very long answer to your question externally i think audra is like that working out of even bits of what i had to experience in my own life of yeah once Mm -hmm. you kind of step outside of yourself and realize oh i'm not really smart and had some like fairly major failings in my life or like Mm -hmm. having to go back and humble myself and then realize oh okay maybe i don't know everything yeah Um, yeah Oh, we did talk about that last episode with like how all of our characters are kind of egos, alter egos, or super egos of us. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Reese calls it something different. Uh, yeah. Every character you make is either a fraction, projection, or uh, shadow. A, uh, shadow, carbon copy, just okay. an, an alternate expression of yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because the best, the character that we know best is ourselves. Yep. Um, and even that, sometimes I feel like I don't have doubt. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on. Somebody. All the time. All the time. Mm, <laughs> preach it. Yep. Uh, who's next, number-wise? I think I was. Okay. Um, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for asking this question because we are so far in. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's a two-parter. One, is it flesh bag or flesh back? No, it's flesh bag. Okay. Like a bag of flesh. Okay. <laughs> I have I just been like. I assume you're referring to Klaus's derogatory term for human. It is not derogatory. Yes. Um. Hey there, flesh bag. Uh, but I've been kind of like mumbling the end because I don't actually know what you've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> you've been doing that for 24 episodes. 100%. Oh or I avoid using the term. Um, secondly, where did you come up with this term? Honestly, I do not remember. I heard it somewhere at some point. Was it from Vampire Diaries as well? I think so, maybe. I think I, I've heard it from that show. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I just I just heard it somewhere at some point, and it just came to me in the spur of the moment. And I remembered Klaus. Yeah, Klaus as a character has a very huge disdain for humans. Specifically. Specifically. Yeah. And so I mean. Even in one of the previous episodes, when we see the statue of Kazarash as a human, yep. he and walks up, spits at his feet. Yep. And when you see the the uh, spectral image of Kazarash and that that uh, holographic illusion, you do say he is a fleshback. Yep. Um, yeah. Be- and so I wanted I wanted something for kind of to show that disdain or kind of that distaste towards humans. Yeah. And right. so I feel like calling the flesh bags Klaus generally does not call people by their own name yeah that is something that is kind of also little lizard um that is kind of something that I do myself (laughs) 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 I tend to give people nicknames and then never call them by their actual names I'm scared of what mine could be I don't know maybe if I get to know you a little better 
you'll get one. I'll do that sometimes. I'll nickname people without asking them and then never call them that never call them their real name again. Mm. Yeah, with my wife, I was just like we didn't really know each other yet. I, it was like the second time I I've seen her in my entire life. I was walking past her. I stopped, looked at her, pointed at her and said, "Can I call you Cat? I'm going to call you Cat." And then I just walked away. <laughs> Wait, what's <laughs> real charmer right Katrina. there. Wow. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Yep. Clearly, it won her over. It was definitely not my charm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice. I would say something, but we're on air. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stamping that. <laughs> no, you should oh. say something because he's just had this. <laughs> Good old Stockholm syndrome. Wow. Speaking of um, moral compasses. <laughs> anyway, let us let us continue. Retur- um, returning. Um, who was? What was? What were, yeah. Yeah, next. I was answering. Um, yeah. I have one question that came to my mind from last episode. Um, four? If, um, I think four, yeah. Okay, okay. We'll return back to episode four for a half minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was actually something very, I guess, kind of tying into all of arc one in yeah. general. Yeah, totally. Um, Reese. Okay. For you, did we seal off, like, an entire half of the dungeon? Did we ever explore behind that right door that Ima sealed off? Um, well, I mean, Audra had the map to um, yep, do the paths converge at any point? Uh, they do not. They do not converge. So what happens is you guys sealed off. Um, you sealed off one entrance. The two entrances, um, essentially the entrance you went to, just bounced you further back along the path. Oh, okay. So the entrance, they don't converge. One is just a shortcut. Through mm. like you wouldn't have gone past the uh, the skeleton with the gold suit, you wouldn't have gone into the teleportation circle room, mm. you wouldn't have um, you would have jumped straight to um, you would have jumped straight to a hallway next to the uh, next to the statue if I'm not mistaken. Next to oh next to the statue okay yeah oh. something like that that I can't, I'd have to see the map again but that's roughly. That yeah, darn statue. For, I think I took a picture of it. Yeah. So many things happened yeah. there. But so what you did by sealing off the door specifically that you s- that got sealed off mm-hmm. was the one that would have allowed you to skip through part of the dungeon. Okay. Which I thought was hilarious. I was like, sick. Now I get to do everything. <laughs> I get to put <laughs> them through, went through every everything. single element. And yep. you did. Well, because you needed to do something before you could take your long rest. <laughs> True. Oof. Very, very true. Speaking of that long rest. <laughs> oh, there it is. That's episode seven. That is episode seven, yeah. so we're not going to talk about that right now. Not yet. I'm being censored, everybody. Yeah, so let's see. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so what it would have done if you guys had opened the, uh, if you guys had, so you guys opened the right side of the statue. Mm-hmm. If you opened the left side of the statue, you would have gone straight to the room where Kazarash had his hologram. Okay. Uh, That's okay. it would have it, it would have jump started you so that you would have gone straight there. Interesting. So you would have you would have skipped uh one room 
you missed a hidden room on your way over the first time and found it the second time through. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a trap that you guys missed. Oh, um, or you didn't miss it. You would you would have skipped it had you gone through the other. Oh, time. okay. Oh, mm, of course. So, yeah. So that's that. That's what would have happened had you guys been able to get through that other room. It was just a little bit of a shortcut. Would have cut you know a good uh, 20, 20, 30 minutes out of a session. Mm. <laughs> but why do that when you can have all the fun of running into every trap? Every <laughs> yeah. single trap. Well, you guys decided that you wanted to explore every single element of the dungeon. I made several ways to get through there. There were only a couple rooms that you had to go to in order to get through. Mm. And you went to every single room. So, Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm very sad. Uh, next question. Um, I can have, yeah, I can have the next question. Um, one, four. Wait, no, you already asked the next question. Yeah. Were so you should answering we... or did you ask? I asked. Okay. Oh, so then it would, should we roll again then? Do we just want to Wait, roll? you asked about. I asked oh, Reese about. Oh, the yeah. Yes. So next would be, do we want to roll again or do we want to go back to the top? We can go back to the top. I don't mind. Okay. Um, Audra. Yeah. This is about the mirrors. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you said your biggest fear was dying alone. Mm-hmm. Audra has just recently encountered a large number of things to be afraid of that she could have been afraid of instead of that. What still brought that to be the capital fear? Um. So in the backstory I created for Audra was her parents died when she was super young mm-hmm. and I think that affected her a lot and then she was raised by her uncle who then left in the mist yeah. and so I think Audra spent a lot of time feeling alone or feeling like the odd man out because already she has this like weird chameleon capability and so the I think the way that she has like internalized it it's less about uh, what's the word acceptance and more just like I don't want to I don't want to die young and I don't want to die by myself like I want to kind mm-hmm. of be with people so uh, yeah I think that was a- above even though the this is a new world and it's scary she still got some of that arrogance left in her of like I can overcome this or I can like defeat this thing but right. the one thing you can't control is like if people are with you mm-hmm. and if you die like death is something that's kind of out of your hands yeah. and yeah. so no, she doesn't. She doesn't necessarily have a fear of being alone. She has a fear of dying alone. Is that correct? Or yeah, or I guess like dying with no one caring about her. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like hopefully at some point she'll find full acceptance, hmm. and then die feeling loved. But like I, I think at this point she sees Ima as the closest thing as someone who's like loved and fully accepted her but like he's still a construct yeah and so it's so like it's kind, kind of, of his like... duty right right mm-hmm. yeah so there's a level of like obligation for him to do it versus yeah so yeah like mm-hmm. it'll be if she ever runs into her uncle like that'll be a very interesting uh mm. reunion because there's a whole lot of mixed yeah, up stuff in there stuff. yeah yeah hmm. If I may speak out of line and yeah, ask a question, because I have something very similar to this, and um, I'm very, I was actually very curious, because especially listening to episodes one through four, I did not realize how little 
you really had like backstory wise for Adra. Oh yeah. And so um kind of shooting off of the question that Reese asked, I was curious, would you have would you change your answer for Adra in the mirror? Cuz as much I love that episode cuz it was like the first episode where we got to kind of have glimpses at the psychology behind our characters and I feel like I definitely had like a lot on Klaus already. I'm very curious if there, if if going back to that today, knowing Adra a little better, um, would you change your answer? Hmm. Good question. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Only because, especially like where she was in that place and kind of the, I think. <clears throat> being able to recognize what your greatest fear is also is tied to your maturity level. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so for her, like that was her whole thing. Like even the, the bit of backstory I'd had, um, before even that episode, like kind of one of her motivating factors, like she always wants to be close to people in power, but not mm -hmm. be the in person power. in power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I don't think she's like worked out why that is or all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think it would change it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. Now I'm curious. Would you change your answer, Klaus? Um, probably nowadays I would ask you on what level? On a superficial or on a deep level? It always would have been deep. It always would have been deep. Mm -hmm. Um, probably just... It's yeah, Klaus is like so complex in my mind that I'm not sure what it would if I could boil it down to really one concept. Mm -hmm. But if anything, it would probably be loneliness or insignificance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Especially just like thinking about his backstory, all the things that he went through in his past. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think both of those can be wrapped up into one sort of, I mean, there's no singular word for that kind of concept, but mm -hmm. both of those concepts put together, I know quite clearly how I would have narrated yeah. it. And for his, for him, kind of the amalgamation of that becomes a cage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, again, yeah. tying in this into his backstory, which our yep. listeners may or may not know by, by then, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was the next question. Yes. I can't decide which one I want to ask. Which one I want to ask first. Um, I'm gonna ask Reese. What gave you the idea of having all of your characters say their worst fear? Curious because it allows listeners to come alongside these characters and maybe feel the emotions they're feeling while they're walking through every door with just experiencing and seeing their fear come before them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. So this was, I built the entire thing. Um, the entire dungeon, every single element of it, down to the smallest little detail, in one night. Um, <laughs> nice. And I was finishing things around 2 a.m. It was like I was up super late. Um, and I realized I had two very large rooms that lined up over a singular wall. And I've always loved uh, the concept of like the mirror of Erised mm -hmm. um, from Harry Potter, but I wanted to see something that was the opposite of that and that at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, like on the other side of the wall, is the mirror of greatest desire. 
And then on the side that you guys actually ended up looking in was the Mirror of Greatest Fear. And I wanted that because I also recognized we're in a dungeon crawl. Mm-hmm. Dungeon crawls do not have a lot of space for RP. The party doesn't talk much aside from strategizing survival in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. But I wanted a way for you guys to actually be able to get into your characters, to get into the meat of who they are, and sort of sink your teeth into solidifying that character and starting to understand them on a different level um, before we got out of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. I wanted something in there so that you guys could actually roleplay your characters and show us what you've made and what you've created and what you want them to be before we actually got to you interacting with large numbers of people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that room specifically accomplished that amazingly. That I remember finishing that episode, the recording of it, and all four of us were kind of just like, the atmosphere was really heavy. <laughs> like it was yeah. like somebody put just anvils on top of us. I remember that. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. <laughs> it was yeah. so amazing because it, it was the first time where we actually had an opportunity to really delve into the minds of our characters and understand, okay, what are we about? Yep. And then be presented with your fear too. Like it Mm -hmm. wasn't just, what is it? It was, it's being presented to you as reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when you look in a mirror, the assumption is that everything you're seeing in that mirror is real Mm -hmm. and it's just what's behind you. Mm -hmm. And so not just being present, not just like talking through it, seeing it before you and mm-hmm. believing that's real and seeing it as the place that you are currently in Precisely. and a lot of our a lot of our fears were real things that could have happened yep honestly part of me was expecting that some of that would have happened yeah like become reality from mm. the mirror like manifested itself interesting one thing that i think was interesting i remember you mentioning afterwards that you thought we would go into the mirror of greatest desire first First, yeah yeah i figured you'd end up there first first or that you'd stay there but you guys ended up with the mirror of greatest fears immediately but and so you were immediately afraid of all the others how would you how would you like how would we have gotten there first when that room was first if you had gone through the other entrance Uh, The one that was sealed off. That would have been the only way to get there first. And you guys happened to seal off the one. But there was no more door there. There was the the room was empty with just the mirror there on the left side. I'd need to see the map again, but I know there's a way you could have gotten there first. Huh, interesting. And it was split, right? Like we chose to go down. Yeah, so it was it was the cellar. There was a path right from the cellar, if I remember right. And then the first one was on the left with the mirror on the right. And then the second room was further down the hallway with the mirror on the left. That's at least how I was. I don't believe so. Imagining. No, if I remember correctly, can I see the Yeah, mic? yeah. It's W and X in there. Yeah. Um, and then if you swipe yeah, one yeah. of the ways. So, so if you um, actually, yeah. So you guys went into the mirror of, so if you, you guys went straight forward um, and straight forward was the one that would get you to the mirror of greatest fear. But if you had gone forward and taken a left before you had gone through, okay, you would have like, there was, there was forward, but in the wall on your left, there was an opening and that opening was the mirror of greatest desire. 
Okay, then I completely so, switched yeah. those two. And so you could have gotten there. It actually would have been if you had taken every single available path to you as soon as it was, av as it was available, you would have gotten to the Mirror of Greatest Desire. I first. thought that we were doing that. Yeah, no, you guys went all the way down to um, to the Mirror of Greatest Fear first. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I'm happy about that. I'm going to double back on that question real quick. Yeah. How are each of your characters feeling about boasting your worst fear? You ran to the mirror already, then you left, and then you came back to it. How did you? How are your characters feeling proceeding through that? Because you saw loneliness, and I don't remember what you saw, even though I listened to it the other day. <laughs> he saw a cage. He saw, well, no, he didn't see a cage. He mm -hmm. saw himself trapped in the... Uh, in the dungeon right. by himself. In the dungeon by was. himself with nobody coming to nobody coming to look for him and nobody there to help him. That's mm. right. Yeah. How are y'all's characters feeling after like proceedings? You kind of like you felt vulnerable because you're looking in the mirror. Everyone should be able to see that. Yeah, but that's not the case. So you feel very exposed, but you're not. Mm -hmm. How are your characters feeling at this point? <laughs> Would you like to go first? Sure. Audra, in her super mature way, is just ignoring those feelings. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, there was that level of. It was very much like. I'm a it's it's not real it's fake let's move on and then mm -hmm. commenting on because I think Klaus was just crying and so Audra's just what a like king does. yeah and she was like is that is that what a king does like she's not gonna process that yeah right you're now. looking for a comedic route out of like mm -hmm. yeah me with everything yep <laughs> yeah. yeah now in that similar vein actually no you go ahead and answer that question because I don't want to draw us off topic okay uh that's fine um for Klaus, he hadn't... I'm still not fully sure of all the timelines of when things happened, but I am pretty sure that it had been a couple of months since Klaus had to, for the last time, confront those feelings. So that was his just heightened emotional response, but it wasn't anything new to him. Let's just say that he had to deal with these things his entire life. Yeah. And so... Um, all that it did was just give him more determination towards his goal. So he saw that, he got up, he dusted himself off, and said what he thought um, would be the appropriate response to whatever, right? So he actually told them what his greatest desire would have been, and that's what he wanted everybody else to think that he saw in the mirror. Hmm. Um, not showing them his vulnerability but rather continuing in the way that he had presented him before, himself before. Right. And so you instead of um, your presentation post that moment as opposed to Audra was just trying to ignore it and pretend it didn't happen. You were like I'm going to lie about what did happen and come up with an alternative reality that puts me in the high ground again. Kind of. In a way of he knows what his goal is. He knows what his past was. He knows his greatest fear. And so he wants to work towards a reality where that is no longer there, hmm. right? Yeah. So it was kind of just that determination of, I don't care what I saw in that mirror. This is where I'm going. So it was both an external and an internal decision. That was not just for convincing those outside of you, but also reminding yourself. Yeah, kind of. I mean, now thinking way back right, to yeah. it. But yeah, that was kind of the the goal of what I said. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, but then returning to Audra, um, as anybody who has ever had to process emotions knows, if you refuse to process <laughs> them, they come back and hit, bite you in the butt eventually. Oh, yeah. What Did that happen for Audra? 
yet, or is she still not processing that? Um, I. So talking like where Audra is right now in like, episodes. Has, yeah, like just like jumping a little bit ahead, but just like across. Like, did that ever happen? I. I think a little bit. Like, I see kind of that year off in exploring did a lot for Audra to process stuff. Okay. Um, I think part of the reason she's currently so upset with Klaus and blaming him is like that lack of processing and just trying to channel into other things. Yeah. Um, and then I will say the conversation, I guess it's the next episode that's about to drop in this, like where we are in yeah. April, but yeah, we don't want to get too far. Episode ahead 20. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the conversation that she has with Vitoka, Vitoka, uh, is like, I think the beginning of her starting okay. to process so that, a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, so that did yeah. not ha- the, the actual processing doesn't start happening until way down the line. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. she's done bits of it, and I think it's like it's like one of those things that if you leave a wound, it's gonna hurt to touch. And so like, she starts to do it under her year off, and then is like, no, it's fine. And then yeah, she channels her like she's just super angry and aggressive all the time, mm-hmm. thinking yeah. like, oh, this is just who I am, and. So yeah, gotcha. yeah. she yeah. does burst out a lot. Yeah. yeah. Even just in some of the recent episodes yeah. that we recorded that won't even air for some time. Yeah. Um, I feel like part of it coming back to bite Adra in the butt was I must death because, Oh yeah. Right. Because you kind of had to tug your tail underneath yourself and just leave because Imo was dead. Klaus was leaving. Yeah. Yeah. And so you had to, I mean, I'm just imagining Adra traversing through that entire dungeon with that weight on her shoulders. Oh, yeah. I mean, back to it at later points in time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, that's where in the immaturity bit, it's like she sees Ima's death as Klaus's fault, Mm -hmm. even though like (laughs) clearly it was not. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even I can't. I think all of this I'm trying to remember because we had like a big we talked after our last episode of arc one so it's like I can't remember what I said there and then what I've just been processing but Mm -hmm. even like right after all of this happened she was super angry with the leadership Mm -hmm. of the temple for a long time yeah and really like questioned yeah and there was definitely tension in the in the temple afterwards oh yeah Yeah. big time yeah which a lot of people felt Kizak being one of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Process your emotions, folks. Yes. It's yeah. healthy. Uh huh. Do you have a question, Prof Mac? Ooh. Yeah. Why don't we make this our last round of questions? Okay. Because otherwise we'll run out of time. An outro, then intro again. Yeah. Dope. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's great. I <laughs> I don't have as many questions as I should. These are for Reese. I'm going to make it a two-parter okay. with the, now that I know, confusion spell. What was the DC on that? Because <laughs> I'm a rolled a 16 and I rolled a 15 and it was not good enough. <laughs> yeah, DC, I think would have been 17 because I think I'm a, <laughs> I'm a rolled a 16, failed, and then rolled a 17 on his next save. Mm-hmm. Okay. And succeeded. So it, w- it, was a, it was a 17. Okay, okay. I didn't remember when you rolled the second time. If you right? check, I just was like, what? I gave you the map, and on the companion sheet with that that has all the letters written out on what they do, I'm pretty uh-huh. sure that it's written out the DC. Mm. It may be altered. I altered oh, yeah. a lot nope. of- Oh, yeah. Nope. Fourth level, DC 17. Yep. Literally right there. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And then I was curious, did you, what were all of the possibilities that could have happened? So obviously, was it only shadows? But at one point, Ivan wanted to punch Klaus, but he didn't do it. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll I'll read the confusion spell right now. Oh, um, it's an actual spell. Yeah, confusion is <laughs> confusion is a spell. It's a fourth level spell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning so much right now. Yeah, so Same. confusion. <laughs> uh, the spell assaults and twists the creature's mind, spawning delusions and provoking uncontrolled actions. Each creature in a ten foot radius sphere, which isn't how that worked. It was just when you entered the room. Wisdom save an affected creature. Yada yada yada. Uh, roll the d10 at the start of the turn to d- determine behavior. On a one, creature use all its movement to move in a random direction. Direction to determine the direction, roll a D8 to send a direction to each uh, die face. The creature doesn't take an action on this turn. Two to six, the creature doesn't move or take actions on this turn. So that's what happened to Ima. His first turn is he was stunned. Yeah. Um, seven to eight, the creature uses its action to make a melee attack against a randomly determined creature within its reach, that's which is what, what that was. Yeah. Is the nearest creature within his reach was Klaus. Got it. Because you weren't even in the room. Yeah. But he couldn't move. Because uh, it says if there's no creature within its reach, the creature does nothing this turn. Okay. So the inclination was still there, but he couldn't do anything. And then 9 and 10, you act normally. But the spell continues until you succeed the save. And so you rolled a 1 twice. <laughs> yep. Um, which is <laughs> No, why you three went... times, I think. It was a number of times. Yeah. And so you ended up bolting. Um, and so that's part of what that was, is that was just the spell doing what the spell does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, I have one last question. Um, First of all, now listening back to it, I am noticing so many hints that you were dropping to like Kazarash, who he really was, and all of that. Yes, oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, stuff that stuff that we've never talked about on air. Yeah, because it's tied into like Reese's world and all of that. There's so much. There's so much in there. Um, but yeah, in this intricate dungeon of statues and skeletons that come to life of yes. um, magic and runes that do different things, traps and so on. Why was there a wine cellar? Because, okay, so <laughs> this is this is Kazarash lore. He was, he, was, he was just like a wine connoisseur. So Kazarash was a very powerful um, mage. Mm-hmm. Audra knows this because she's read many of his books. Mm-hmm. He was a wizard. He was a level 20 wizard who true polymorphed himself into a dragon. Mm-hmm. And he was never around anybody who would ever undo that. There was no one who would dispel that, and he never would lose those hit points because he built a, he built a temple to hide away in. Mm-hmm. However, he lived in that temple for quite some time as a human. Mm-hmm. And he enjoyed wine. He was, a, he was a wine connoisseur. And so he had a massive cellar. Because that's just, he was a person. And it, yeah, I, I honestly, I love that flavor because I was just like listening to everything and I was thinking back to all the rooms that we went through and outside of that room and the room with the food, everything else is just like death trap. Right. <laughs> well, and so that's, that's, that was part of it is for a while he would, um, for a while he was a human just in nature Mm -hmm. as he started to get near where a human would die. That's when he actually true polymorphed himself. Mm -hmm. So he masqueraded as the dragon using the shape change spell for quite some time Mm -hmm. until as a human, he began to run out of time to live Mm -hmm. at which point he started setting up the dungeon to be a safe house, uh, 
also a place where he could store any knowledge and prevent anybody who he did not consider to be deserving of that knowledge from getting in. Mm -hmm. And so that's why most of those rooms are trapped. But he was also human with compassion still. And so that's why one of the rooms was literally just a table full of food that would heal people and give them Mm -hmm. a long rest. And you guys ran away from that. No, honestly, I'm glad that we run, ran away from it at first. Yeah. Um, it came when we needed it. That's but... true. The most, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, one last question to that, but just out of curiosity and you don't have to answer. Yeah. Um, are there any other beings like Kazarash still alive in your world? Like ancient beings who have found a way to live? Mm-hmm. Heck yes. Okay, good. There are awesome. so many. Awesome. The, 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 uh, the, the supernatural lore of my world goes very, very deep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm currently uh, writing a book on my world um, that will hopefully be released by the time I graduate and can no longer keep being the DM of Moody and D, but the book will hopefully be done. Um, awesome. And that will contain a lot more details on that, but there are there are a series of beings. Um, there are uh, essentially three har- hierarchies of triads um, below the pantheon of deities. Mm-hmm. Um and in the the three hierarchies, there's um, the rulers, which is a series of um, lawful, chaotic, and neutral good uh, entities that rule over the land, sea, and sky. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a new uh, a series of chaotic, uh, lawful, and neutral neutral beings called the overseers. Uh, who one who uh, causes the advancement of civilization, one who causes the advancement of nature, and one who keeps the cosmos in balance. And then there is a series of uh, beings who are lawful, chaotic, and neutral evil beings mm-hmm. um, that actually rotate, that mm-hmm. are similar beings to Kazarash, that were once humanoids and became something else mm-hmm. because of their nature, because of something else they did. And so those three roles are actually rotating on a timeline mm-hmm. based on what happens. I love it. That's awesome. So, yeah. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Moody and D Gone Rogue. You can listen to the rest of the Moody and D channel on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow the Moody and D Instagram at Moody. Uh, underscore in underscore d and while you are there you should drop some questions in our gone rogue questions highlight once again i'm your host rachel sanders hope to see you next time peace see you guys